0: Let's start the therapy. The New York Jets have won a football game. They now are in the number two slot in the tank race. Sable Radio, two days after the stunning victory over the Rams, let the therapy begin. What else can you say? For fans out there, it's therapy time. There's no way around it. All you had to do, all your team had to do was lose three games. That's it. And while it's a lot more complicated than just losing three games, there is no tanking in football. It just doesn't work that way. And we'll dive into these things later. It's a lot more complicated because there are a lot of positives that come out of this. They only had, they only had to lose three games for Trevor Lawrence. Now, who knows what Trevor Lawrence is going to do? Who knows if he is an Eli Manning type who hires an agent who wants him and pushes him to commit a power play and not go to the Jets or not go to the Jags. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Why choose the Jags? Why go there? Good old Southern boy, yes, Jacksonville is in his area. But multiple games in London, their ownership isn't exactly you know tremendous since they took over in 2010 or 2011 it's been a decade now they don't even have a general manager Trent Bulky who got run out of town in San Francisco is the interim GM right now but rams 20 jets 23 the jets came out ready you could see it they were a different team there was passion the defense was flying around Defensive line, the four-man pass rush was getting home. Uh, Lou Vu had a, an, an a good design scheme by Frank Bush. Lou Vu walked in untouched to hit Goff early. They overloaded the one side on a third and passing situation. and Williams got a sack. Shepard got a sack. It, it was a pretty vanilla defense. Not a lot of blitzing. Uh, four-man front, pretty basic, pretty vanilla Bush would scheme up some things here and there on passing downs, like the Louis Vu play, but it was it was energy, it was passion. That's what they did defensively, and you hadn't seen that all year. So as soon as they came out, they they completely destroyed the Rams, and the Rams are a tricky team. I don't know how McVeigh does it. I can't be killing McVay today because. His team is not that good. Goff is horrible. You know, what he did in the Super Bowl, he's just not that good. He needs a running game to be successful. And that's the tricky thing about this. The Jets could stop the run. Yeah, without Fatakasi, you don't think it's going to be the same old thing. But they did a great job against the run. Cam Akers got most of his yards late when the Rams figured it out in the second half, and they really figured it out, and the Jets were hanging on. But Cam Akers only went for 63. Robert Woods had 40 on that one play. Uh, was it a reverse or an end around? I forget. It's, it's escaping me right now. It, they couldn't run the ball. And that's what really killed Goff early. Darnold was okay. He was solid on the initial drive. They attacked the flat to death and the edges. They used the Rams' aggressiveness, over-aggressiveness, and just marched right down the field. 18 yard tie Johnson touchdown run. And if the Jets, you know, Braxton Berrios, if he doesn't drop a touchdown in the end zone, it would have been 17 0, 17 3 at halftime is of a 13 3. They kept kicking field goals. So you thought eventually it would come around where the Rams would take charge, but it just never happened. It, they just ran out of time, the Rams. And if you think about the plays that actually happened in this game in the fourth quarter, the Braden man tackle. I mean, if Lachlan Edwards is still the punter, Rams win. Akers runs one in for a touchdown and gets called back for a holding penalty. Those two right there. McVay has a chance to kick a long field goal on fourth down. They don't. They go for it. They attack Marcus May. Why do that? I don't understand. The play before on the wheel against Hewitt, I understand. Go ahead and attack Hewitt in the passing game. But not May on fourth down. No. Uh, In the end, they just came out inspired. And why I think that was the case, and this is a huge part of it, is Connor McGovern on Friday. He and this has Jets fans ticked and it should. It should have everybody ticked. But he came out Friday and he challenged the fan base. Why? Think about if you're a player. What have you heard every week, every day? The Jets are terrible. The Jets are terrible. They're a laughing stock. Blah blah blah. Then the Raiders game happens. Then they start hearing Greg Williams intentionally tanked the team. That the organization is starting to intentionally tank. Not only are they just bad, but they're losing games on purpose. And the fans are rooting for a tank to such a significant percentage that it's just getting to the players. So McGovern, usually I don't think it's a good idea to attack the fans, no matter what, but he did. Quote, I don't put my body through this, and I don't think anybody on the Jets puts their body through it to lose. It might be easy for somebody sitting on the couch eating pizza, chips, and dip to say they should keep losing. But if you ever strapped the pads on, that sounds like an impossible thing for me to do. I'm going to do whatever I can to win, end quote. Uh, I mean, he basically just called all the fans lazy catch potato idiots. What happens? Jets win. They play the most inspired football they have all year. And after the game, Darnold, Becton are just ecstatic. Becton, after the game, echoed McGovern. Quote, you ain't really a fan if you didn't want us to win, honestly. I mean that in the nicest way possible. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. Disrespectful way. But I mean if you wanted us to lose, you're not a real fan, honestly. End quote. Okay, sounds a lot like McGovern. Darnold. Quote, it's the greatest feeling in sports. End quote. And you could tell. Darnold was visibly... Happy for the first time in over a year. You could see it in his face. He took a deep breath. It matters to these guys. But not only that. Compartmentalize and think about what McGovern just did. This is the first salvo of the Joe Douglas era. What has Joe Douglas talked about since he came in? Culture. Character. Bringing on the right guys. This is the first real significant instance where a leader stepped up and challenged someone and flipped the script, where teammates rallied around him. Darnold, Becton, the pure joy on their faces. This stuff matters in football. It's not just about talent. It's not just about coaching. It's about the overall feel in the locker room. Especially early in seasons, teams can play way over their head or way under their head based on the schedule, based on momentum. And what McGovern did mattered a lot. Should you be mad as a fan at McGovern? Yeah, for sure. You know, he called you out. But at the same time, you should not be mad at the players or team. They can't tank, they can't do that. It's a stupid thing. It works in the NBA. Does not work in football Two completely different sports. The nature of basketball. One guy could turn around a whole organization. Football doesn't work that way. Not even Trevor Lawrence. But still, they're not out of the Trevor Lawrence race yet. Not even close. So trying to discuss what they should do at quarterback right now. It shouldn't be. It's a moot point until we have the full story, the full picture. Don't be mad at the players. Don't be mad at the teams. At the team. You could be mad at McGovern, sure. But why did McGovern feel the need to do what he had to do Friday? He started hearing the noise. Be mad at the people who create the noise. Look, the Jets are intentionally tanking. Greg Williams, he must have been paid off by someone with some mysterious conspiracy a large portion of that did come from Jets fans. If not for that noise, maybe McGovern doesn't speak up and challenge the fans and rally his teammates. If not for Joe Douglas and wanting leaders and developing the right culture, which is winning at all costs, no matter what, no matter the situation, no matter Trevor Lawrence, no matter Owen 13, then McGovern's not in the position to do that. So there are positives here. And and the, the, Biggest thing is McGovern actually speaking up and having his teammates rally around him. It it was really important what he said Friday in terms of the outcome against the Rams. Jamal Adams, he spoke up after the game and he was happy for his former teammates. Quote, happy for my former, happy for my teammates. He didn't even put former. Happy for my teammates at the NY Jets and the staff earned this. One much love. Yeah, you're probably dry heaving right now as you listen to this. I understand. But it's certainly noteworthy, especially the way he celebrated after the win. Because he knows for the first time in his four-year NFL career, he will be in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. That's a hell of a feeling, man. I'm sorry. I'm not used to this, guys. Forgive me. I know you guys are used to, you know, Seattle, you know, always going to the playoffs, I'm not used to this. I'm used to sending my cars home by this time, and you know, hey, I'm already packing up, learning where I'm going next, where's the vacation? When am I seeing family? Sorry to cut you off, brother. I'm just excited, man. So got.: That's Jamal. That's good old Jamal that you know. And you know it didn't stop at Jamal. There was a lot of other people congratulating the players and the coaches, mainly, you know, former players, people that under you know have played football or in the business. And I think the divide goes along these lines. The, the Jets fans who played football understand to some degree. Yeah, a lot of those people still wanted Lawrence and still wanted them to lose, no question about it. But they understand. They understand the need, the want to win, no matter what. Those who never played can't grasp that. It, it's like... I can't even imagine it at the NFL level. Every Monday, it must feel like you've been in a car accident. That's that's how it used to be anyway. It's, it's a lot less physical now, obviously, but that's it. And then there was the... Uh, who is this here? The Jags mayor? Jacksonville mayor. Yeah, the Jags don't have a mayor. Jacksonville, city of Jacksonville mayor... Saying some foolish stuff when you're not yet at the finish line. Joyous over the fact the Jets won a game. Quote, the New York freaking Jets delivered an early Christmas present to Jacksonville today. Uh, The mayor is Lenny Curry. He posted this on Twitter. Before vowing to light a, a victory cigar, according to the New York Post. Seriously, this Jets win could be a defining moment for our ball club. See you next week, then see you at the draft. This is the win of the day, end quote. I mean, come on. Two more weeks left. And even if you have the number one pick, it's still, still not even close to being over based on the craziness we've seen in the past. It's not surprising to me that this happened. The Jets are a much better team than a winless 0-13 team. Their strength of schedule is historically high uh, for a poor team, and I, I just don't, didn't think, and still don't think they're going to finish with the top pick because of Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas would never do anything to intentionally lose games. If you if you heard what he've, he said, you just know that. So I never thought it. Uh, I never thought it would happen. If you're looking at it the screen on YouTube, November thirteenth. Title of the article: Reasons it's difficult to believe the Jets will finish with the top pick. You know, who's to say they don't win against Cleveland this Sunday? Again, that momentum. I don't expect them to get blown out, not in the least. Uh, the Jets fans' best chance is Mitch Trubisky. Interestingly, Trubisky, the guy Mike McCagnan was once interested in, in love with, according to reports needs to play like his terrible usual self in order for the jags to have a shot and the jets obviously have to lose to re- to s- flip the uh slots one more time but at around this time mid november the the receivers just got healthy the three receivers the defensive line was coming to win it coming into its own and the schedule uh, the schedule was loosening up a bit for the jets while the jags was getting harder Getting much harder down the stretch. I mean, the Jags' schedule was has been brutal, and and it doesn't lighten up. Uh, Up to this point, mid-November, it was an easy schedule for the Jags, and they could only muster one win. They lost to the Texans twice when the Texans were horrible. The Lions, the Bengals, the Chargers. I mean, I just didn't expect it to happen. Still, there's a slim possibility it can reverse. And we'll get into that in a little bit, but I just I think the the momentum of the headlines and the winless season was confusing everyone into thinking the Jets were the worst team in the league when they really probably weren't top three worst team. Absolutely. Not even a question, but historically bad in terms of matching 0 13. No, no way. And there's a lot of factors there. Are they a terrible team? Of course. But there's a lot of factors there. I just didn't expect them to be able to beat out Jacksonville. There's still a lot of reason to be optimistic about Trevor Lawrence. Fields, Zach Wilson. This class seems to be nice with quarterbacks. Wilson's on tonight. I'll be watching that. 7 o'clock, BYU. I forget who they're playing. BYU, 7 o'clock. If I had to pick one right now without digging too deep, because I haven't dug deep on these guys yet, I'd pick Wilson. And I'd pick Wilson while trading Darnold. I would not roll with Darnold. But that's what I say right now. Things could change. We still don't have the full picture. The film still needs to be looked at. There's a lot of good things. The cap space is there. And they have a load of assets. And if, they, if they're if they still at two or even no they can't be 3 anymore cuz since he won last night if they're at 2 and Douglas decides to trade down if he doesn't take soul which i think he would take soul they'd have more assets i mean there's a lot of options still available joe douglas he might be the real deal as nania says in this article here if you, again if you're watching on youtube for people on podcast no visual look at look at douglas's first draft it's hit It is the most successful draft since I can't even tell you when in Jets history, 2007 or 2008. The Rivas draft. Basically, that's probably true. And I don't think enough attention is being made out of that fact. You know, a young GM, a, a GM who just doesn't understand the game could have been hypnotized by the receiver prospects by the young receivers and taking a receiver in that eleven spot. I saw a, a comment on Twitter the other day where the guy said, can we really credit Douglas for Becton? I mean, it was Becton and Wirfs and Wirfs has been tremendous too. Yeah, I think we can credit Douglas for Becton. The Jets had committed football suicide by not taking an offensive lineman since 2006. Douglas came in. Didn't buy into the shenanigans with the receivers. The receiver class was loaded. Second round was fine. And you don't start at receiver when building a program. You start in the trenches, start at quarterback, corner, edge, and so on. So he did the right thing from a uh, fundamental and foundational point of view. And that's the most important thing when starting. A lot of GMs don't get there. A lot of GMs will just take the best guy, no matter the position, at that spot. It's not how you can do it. That's not how you should do it. Do you want to lean on best player available under normal circumstances? Yes, of course. But when you're building a program, you can't think only best player. There's got to be other factors at play, and Douglas understands that. So there's a lot of positive to look forward to moving forward. The, the one thing, you know, we've discussed the laughing stock perception is sometimes undeserved for the jets and so on it's there's a double standard in the media the jets get crapped on more than anyone else even when they don't deserve it a lot of it's self-inflicted no question but here's a prime example why can't Lawrence spurn the jags for the jets where are these headlines i haven't seen them yet it's already tuesday 48 hours after sunday the the best angles, the freshest angles, come out on Monday. The angles I'll get the most attention. Haven't seen it from mainstream media. Why? It's because the Jags fan base won't provide the reaction the Jets fan base will. It doesn't work. The Jets are a gift to the media. So if you crap on and rail against the fan the Jets, the fan base will lose its mind and create noise and share and spread the info because it's emotion that drives. doesn't matter if it's positive emotion, negative emotion. In this case, it's negative emotion, but it still drives. It still drives traffic. So it doesn't work for the Jags. You know, the eight fans of the Jaguars aren't going to raise hell if they see a headline suggesting Lawrence should spurn the Jags for the Jets. But of course, we've seen the opposite all season long from Mike Greenberg, ESPN, telling Lawrence to stay in school. Greeny, the Jets fan, uh, suggesting he should think about staying in school if it's the Jets at number one, with no mention of the Jags. And and the list goes on. Uh, Keyshawn was a Keyshawn. I forget, a couple other people at ESPN also jumped in. But why? Why is the double standard there? Is it likely that Lawrence should spurn? That Lawrence will spurn the Jags? No. It's not likely he would spurn the Jets either. But that's not the issue here. The issue here is the double standard. They won't raise the opposite end of the spectrum when it's perfect to do so. Not perfect for them, though, because the eight Jags fans in the world won't create the noise, won't drive the traffic, and that's the key point. What the media does is plays off your emotion. And unfortunately, they know you need therapy. They know you're having a tough time. Why pat you on the back? I mean, there's just no reason to do so right now. Uh, Rich Eisen, I don't think he ever suggested Lawrence should uh, spurn the Jets. He's been on the bandwagon of losing this entire time. I've caught a couple of his shows or clips, I should say, on YouTube regarding him talking about Lawrence to the Jets and the Jets losing. But, you know, in all honesty, the this media narrative with the therapy, with the Jets, therapists in the in the Jersey area, New York, New Jersey area, Long Island, of course, should create their own subdivision. Jet fan therapy. It's a business model just aching to be realized money would be flying from the skies. I think it's a hell of a move. And. And again, if you're watching on YouTube, you see this tweet here. It's a scene from the Sopranos where Dr. Melfi is just, there's no dialogue. Dr. Melfi is just looking at Tony and the camera pans to Carmela. It's the time, the first time Carmela goes to see Melfi with Tony and Rich Eisen's face is superimposed on Tony Soprano and Trevor Lawrence is on Carmela. I mean, this is the scene I envision. Jet fan therapy, Northern Jersey, Dr. Melfi, Rich Eisen losing his mind. He can't look to his left because he can't look at Trevor Lawrence. It's a real thing. And in these media narratives contribute to it and they continue to do so. Yeah, the Jets contributed to it most, no question about it. If the Jets took care of business and drafted Well, which they haven't done since Mancini and Tannenbaum, they wouldn't be in the situation. You know, if the Jets are bad, they're worse. If the Jets are good, they're celebrated. That's just the way it is. They drive the fans emotion. But getting back to Lawrence. Yeah. Why would he want to go to the Jets to play in London multiple times a year to play for the cons who have been terrible for a decade? One playoff appearance under their belt. Uh, seven playoff appearances in the Jags' history, spanning back to 95. Jets have the same amount, same number. But since 2000, I think the Jags only have three, while the Jets have six. You know, we're not, again, we're not talking about Muhammad Ali, Frazier here. It's more like Glass Joe from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out and Little Mac, I guess we'll go with. But still, there's a lot here. There's a lot here to write about in terms of why he should spurn the, J- the Jags and go to the Jets. Jacksonville or New York? Yeah, I understand he's a Southern boy. No tax in Florida. But what about Tom Coughlin? What about the Jags' issues with player grievances? Last year in December, a report came out that the Jags were responsible for 25% of all player grievances. That is an incredible number. An incredible number. It was so bad that the NFLPA actually wrote to free agents, warning them and telling them about the issues. It's so bad that Kaufman lost his job. Quote, the NFLPA took the unusual step of publicly warning free agents about against signing with the Jaguars because of Coughlin's reported disregard for player rights via ESPN. You know, the Jets take a lot of grief for the Calichio Assembly example. Cameras in the locker room, which wasn't a big deal at all. They take a lot of grief in that regard, yet the Jags were responsible for a quarter of all grievances for two years leading up to December 2019. Does that sound like a place a young quarterback wants to go? Could it be blown out of proportion? For sure. But again, the evidence is there to write the opposite narrative. That Lawrence should spurn the Jags for the Jets. And put that power play into motion. Yet you won't hear that from any of the mainstream voices. And if you do, it'll be few and far between. And the last thing we'll quickly touch on. It, 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 does anyone have a harder job than the social media guy for the Jets? on Twitter, think about what this man has to do or woman post positive stuff during a time where crazed fans are on Twitter replying without regard for humanity or any mercy whatsoever. I mean, some of the comments and replies are just, how do you, first of all, how do you find the time? Second of all, man, put yourself in someone else's shoes just for a moment, just for 1% of the day. It's, you know, and we'll go through these. I haven't looked at these prior. We'll see what some of the fans have to offer. And the thing you got to remember about social media, the fans on social media from any fan base constitute a small, tiny fraction, small percentage of the entire fan base. So you can't judge a fan base based on that alone. But if you do, every fan base is awful. You know, I'm not singling out the Jets here. It's everybody. Uh, Jets posted a, and they pinned this one. Foley Fatukasi making a name for himself every Sunday in the city he was born. Yep, he's a hometown boy. First response was positive. Fatukasi. Second response, here we go. You can't even get the first round draft pick right. We need a quarterback. The Jet Jinx is still at work. SMH shake my head. I mean he's highlighting Fatikasi. And you gotta post and you gotta respond with that. Next one, please go back to old uniforms. You will start winning again. <laughs> Next one. Jets lost. To the Jaguars. Next one. You ruined my Christmas again. Next one. Huge F and win. Yes, there's a positive. Next one. Wow, one win. I feel sarcasm in that. Next one. We need Trevor Lawrence more than a W. Fire Adam Gase already. Good defense on that last drive. Well done. Oh, hey, a bot. He is a underrated rising star. Always getting better. All right, some positive stuff. A tag to UConn football. Uh, Ask yourself this. Where was Foley before he got the coaching? He was now. Extend Gase now. (laughs) Got a Twitter account called Gase in point. I guess he's going around uh, promoting Gase. So this one's going to be positive because it's highlighting a player. But if we find one from the Rams victory, here we go. Sights and sounds from the W. I'll tell you, if you're ever bored, just go on one of these tweets and read the comments. You will feel better about yourself. You'll have some laughs. It's, it's one of the rarest joys in the world. So yeah, sights and sounds from the W. With highlights from the game, uh, field camera angle, first comment, a sight you won't be seeing, Trevor Lawrence, in that ugly Jags uniform. Although, this uniform, the one they have now, is a lot better than what I've seen in the past. That half-color helmet with the gold blending into the black, the gradient, that was hideous. Uh, Worst win in Jets history from Dr. Fate. Twitter account altered the course of Jets history in an indescribable way for an absolutely meaningless win. Gase's feelings be damned. No possessive on Gase's. He's only been here for a season plus. I've been here for decades in caps. The Owen 16 number one pick was our Super Bowl. Hey, I mean, Dr. Fate, you think someone's reading that? Other than me, this insane person? Stop rubbing it in and stop celebrating this perfect victory. What the hell is that? The overwhelming majority of the fan base is very upset about this. One totally meaningless win that cost a generational QB talent. No one knows what's going to what Lawrence is going to be. It's just I think he's going to be great for sure. But again the narrative fans just go off the narrative. What's the overwhelming feeling? And that's fine. But don't write the present as if you know what the future will be. You got to take odds. You got to take stock of the situation, the percentages. uh, What a joke of a franchise we've become. One in 13, three exclamation points. Not something to be proud of. Can you imagine the Patriots or Steelers tweeting this? Never. Fire Gase already and let's go from there. If the Pats or Steelers tweeting, they would. They would. I can't imagine them being in a situation of 1-13, but if they won one game after losing 13, they would, they would tweet a highlight package, sights and sounds from the W. It wasn't anything over-emphatic. Sam Elner, Twitter account. You're, you're delusional. It's not an over tweet. Maybe some others have been, but this one isn't. It's just a highlight package with sights and sounds from the W. I have to admit, I am torn by this. Oh, here we go. On one hand, I was delighted for the players for that win. However, I am puzzled because I am sure this win hampers the plans to rebuild the franchise around Trevor Lawrence. It is the worst win in the history of this team. In other news, the sky is blue. Thank you for that contribution. So happy we won this game. I think back to this in five years when T-Law and the Jags are tearing up the NFL. Hmm why do you do this people at ny jets follows yeah i guess on maybe one or two of their tweets i saw this the other day maybe they turned off replies Uh, hey i wouldn't do that if i'm the jets keep it as business as usual you just don't have to read the replies and i don't think they do very often what's the point um during this situation, during this time, they know the general consensus already. That's not going to change. Next one, go post this on Jacksonville's page. They're the ones who are happy with you at the moment. One in 13, and you haven't stopped bragging about one win, that would be meaningless. <laughs> uh, these guys, this is just, it's amazing. Geez, I've never seen a team parade around one win more than you guys. Uh, how do people muster the energy? That's what I don't understand. We have activated Foley Fatukasi from the reserve COVID list and placed Harvey Lange on IR. Now, this is just strictly transactional, so there can't be any negative replies. And I, It's only a couple hours old. I think there's only a few replies, so let's check it out uh nyg matt positive stuff from nyj matt damn get healthy langy next one y'all turned off the replies all right so nothing nothing crazy oh only people the jets follow could reply to that one which is interesting have they been doing this tis the season for some madden 21 little promotional First one, I'm going to keep it real with you. Not a damn soul wants to play with our bum-ass 74 overall team. And Madden, not to mention the game, is complete garbage. That's what I heard too. Madden's just terrible. Next one, you get the good old Fred Rogers putting the clown mask on. Of course. Next one, Doe Juggless Twitter account. I use the Jets, and this is what I do with them. Uh, let's see what he does. It's against the Saints. They're up 13-0. How about that? Breeze. Oh, picked off. Marcus May. Looks like he's going to return it to the house. And he does. Yeah, Madden. I'm looking at the highlight. Madden looks terrible. That's They really got to fix things. And Madden was tremendous. Back in the day, 2005 version was great. It, it was really good. Ah, yes, the only place I'll ever see the Jets win a Super Bowl. Another classic comment. Okay, here we go. This has potential. The New York Jets have announced a $1 million donation to four partner organizations as part of team social justice, inclusion, and diversity efforts. Let's see the gems on this one. Oh, Jets turned off comments. Only people they follow can reply, so no potential here. Here we go. The victory tweet. Just Mark W. uh, With pretty cool graphics. Let's see what we have here. As a Buckeyes fan, Fields isn't ready. Could be good in the NFL with sitting for at least a year behind a quarterback. Even if it has to be Darnold, build around your pick before starting him with no one. Uh, Some guy still thinks Jets have the tiebreaker. That's not true. Rest in peace, sweet Prince from Brett Coleman. Uh, Lawrence looking pretty good in a black Jet jersey. Although I do agree, go back to the old jerseys, the classics. You know, watching Pittsburgh, how can anyone not like their helmets or jerseys? It's classic, it's clean. Chiefs, they've never changed as well. I, I wish the Jets had never changed as well. I mean, you could make moderate, tiny updates, but still... That they're white, especially white on white with the white helmets. Tremendous. This is the single lowest moment as a Jets fan. There was hope for the future. We handed a franchise quarterback and we win a meaningless game. This is going to set the franchise back years. Lawrence was going to be our answer. Words can't describe this pain. Uh, if we are not going to land the best quarterback of a generation in the draft, at least it's because of our future running back star, Frank Gore. <laughs> All right, that's okay. That's not bad. Way to go. You guys ruined the future of the franchise. 1-15 in 15 is no better than 0-16. Actually, it's one game better. All it does is ensure that we won't get the most automatic college quarterback coming out in years. No Jet fan is celebrating today. Same old Jets disappointing the fans year after year. Nice going. Jets winning a meaningless game at the expense of losing the number one draft pick. Jags are celebrating our stupidity right now. Listen, all I could say is this. There are still two games to go. Joe Douglas is a man who will win no matter what. He's a man that doesn't want anyone to have the slightest feeling that they may be losing. He's someone who thinks there is no one path to get to where he wants to go. And that includes Trevor Lawrence. We don't know what's inside his head. Maybe he doesn't like Lawrence as much as everyone. I know for a fact he's overrated. That doesn't mean he's not good. I still think he's really good. I still think he is the best prospect coming out since Luck. But he is overrated from a hoopla standpoint. The hype, all that stuff. I mean, he's in the Luck Elway class, folks. Peyton, forget Luck, Manning Elway class. That's how he's being discussed. High ceiling. I mean, that's tough to reach. So overrated, yes. We don't know. Maybe the Jets aren't in love with him. Would they still take him at one? Absolutely, no question about it. But maybe they're not just in love with him. Maybe they love Zach Wilson. Maybe his intent was on Sewell the entire time. Who the hell knows? But it is not over. And even if they don't land Lawrence... If he doesn't decide he wants New York, because that's still a possibility as well. Think about Lawrence sitting there on Sunday, watching the game, watching the jets, maybe his future team. And he sees the team come out with passion, with energy, and he perks up and he goes, wait a second. This is not a team trying to lose. Like I've heard every day, every moment of my life over the last two months, this is a team that's trying to win. This is a team sending the right message to everyone. This is a team that's trying to do the right thing by its culture. I want to play for that guy. What if that happens? You know, over the long haul, doing the right thing usually rewards the person who does the right thing. It may not work in the short term. It may burn you in a few instances, but generally speaking, over the long haul, doing the right thing, instituting the right principles, showcasing the right character, tends to reward those people who do the right thing. And that's what Joe Douglas is doing. The right thing by football standards. And if Trevor Lawrence is that guy, maybe all of a sudden he is thinking power play where he wasn't before. We don't know. And if he is... Jets will have to give up something to get to one or make the trade with Jacksonville, which I think they do in a heartbeat. But again, an argument can be made that doing the right thing and winning no matter the situation is better over the long haul than intentionally tanking is. The Colts in 2011, everyone thought they were intentionally tanking. They win two of their last three games. They still land luck, but it was getting close. Napoleon said they weren't trying to lose the entire time, and it looked like it as they won two of the last three games, finished 2-14. Jets, it's trending in that direction as well. They're just incredibly unlucky. This is a year where 1-15 or 2-14 might not get it done. And yeah, if you're a Jet fan, you say that's really Jet-like. Uh, you'd be right. But Joe Douglas is doing the right thing, and if Lawrence is that special kid, he will find his way to the Jets. It's so completely possible. Is it unlikely? Yeah. But it's extremely possible. You can't close the book. You can't act like your life is over. You can't act like the Jets world came to an end. It's not true. They are loaded in terms of assets. They have some key pieces at key positions, left tackle being one of them, interior defensive line, another. So don't lose hope. There's a lot of things that could happen from now until the draft, whether they're picking one or two. And even if they don't get him, if Joe Douglas is the right guy, and by all accounts, I think he is, again, your future is in good hands. Check out Sable Radio on iTunes, Spotify, like us, review, rate, all that good stuff. It really helps out. And, of course, JetsXFactor.com. Check out the app on Android, iTunes, real-time notifications. You can customize them, and away you go. Cleveland this Sunday, we'll see what happens. What if the Jets win two straight? It would be a crazy thing if the Jags won and the Jets won. I mean, can you imagine? And then week 17, uh, therapy would be, therapy, something more than therapy would be needed if that happens. If the Jags won and the Jets won. People will be jumping off a cliff. Call Melfi. Get colleagues. Get Melfi's colleagues in there. It won't be enough. But, Sable Radio. Check us out everywhere. JetSexFactor.com. Until next time.